नमो विष्णुपदाय कृष्ण कृष्णाय गुरुदे श्रीमते भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी नमस्ते सरस्वती देवे
Lord Jagannath's pastime, and that's how came this Sama Krishna Maharaj's Jagannath Priya Nataka. And we, Sama uh, Krishna Maharaj was uh, uh, informing me about, he used to send me the manuscripts. I remember once uh, we met in Melbourne, Sydney. Uh, Tamakrishna Maharaj was there, I just arrived, and he wanted to read out what he wrote. And I just came from India after a long flight. And while he was reading, I dozed off. It's a reading. <laughs> and you're falling off the street. <laughs> Is it this boring? <laughs> and I told him, no, actually, he was just trying to consider. I took a long flight from India. And so then, <clears throat> when it was completed, actually, Tom Rishman walked for a long time. He worked for about one and a half, two years on that project. But when it came out, then I thought that we must enact it. And first I tried to get, those days, the ISKCON had many devotees involved in drama. And, uh, like, so I first tried to get them to play that. But it was difficult to get the group in America. So then I went to India and then I organized a group to enact. And not only in English, we had two presentations. In English and in Bengali. <coughs> and for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's centennial, 500th anniversary, 2086, we had that enacted in Mayapur. And then we also had two shows in Calcutta. How many of you read that book? Jagannath Priyanataka. It's very nice. Tamakrishna is a brilliant person. And he took so much trouble to write that. He got me to translate Lalita Mata. And he gave me seven days. <laughs> of course, he didn't want to. I mean, he wanted to have the theme of Lalita Mata. And I remember we went to <coughs> we went to uh, Rishikesh after Gorkhodima festival. A group of us, Samarashimana, and a few. He used to organize it. Some of us used to go to Rishikesh. Rishikesh was a very special place to us because we were serving Shri Prabhupada in Rishikesh before Prabhupada went to Vrindavan, before he left his body. And uh, the house he stayed in, the house of Gaga Darshan on the bank of the Ganges, used to stay in that house. And anyway, so he got me to translate Lavita Mata. And 
Rupa Goswami had uh, a book on, based on drama, Natyashastra. So he got that also translated by one scholar from Benares. So before he wrote that, he had thoroughly researched about Sanskrit drama. Sanskrit drama is very scientific. It's a blending of mellows is the essence of drama. Anyway, I was just remembering. So, so today again, we are we are here for Jagannath Rathayatra in Gita Nagari. Actually, Mother Rukmini was supposed to give the class, but last night she sent a note saying that she hurt herself, and that's why she said this thing. One of us gave the class. How are you? It's <laughs> better? Was it bad? I know you don't say that. Totally wish Vishnu. So, as I mentioned, Skanda Puran gives a very elaborate description of Lord Jagannath's appearance. Long time ago in Santa Yuga, there was a king called Indra Dumna in a place called Avanti. So Avanti is modern day Ujjain. Sandiparimuni's ashram was in Avanti. Krishna's queen, Mitra Binda, was from Avanti. She was a princess of Avanti. And Avanti is a King, very famous Indian king, Vikramaditya, was from Avanti. The nine jewels of his assembly, of his court, Navaratna, that consisted of Kalinas, a great poet, from Avanti. So it's a very famous place. And <coughs> Lord King Indraduna was a great devotee of Krishna. And he wanted to see Krishna. But as you know, in Sattva Yuga, what was the way to see Krishna in Sattva Yuga? Meditation. Through meditation, one had to see. One could see the Lord in the heart. But meditation involves retiring from home, going to the forest or some solitary place, and just as King Bharat did. He left his kingdom, went to the bank of Gandaki, and he started to perform austerities there. But for King Indraduna, that was not possible because his ministers were suggesting that you can't leave your kingdom now. And so King Indraduna was very heartbroken. He just wanted to see the Lord, but he couldn't. So one day when he was sitting in his assembly, all of a sudden, a pilgrim appeared there and he announced that the Lord is present 
in his Nilamadhan form on the bank of the saltwater ocean in the Nilad River, on top of Nilad Mountain. So <clears throat> before I mean hearing that the king became very excited. Everyone in the assembly became very excited. But before the king could ask him, where is this Niladri mountain where Nilamadhan is present? That pilgrim, Brahmana pilgrim, disappeared. So anyway, at least the king got to know that the Lord is present in his deity form. Just one form of the Lord was present at that time. Nilamadhan. Now consider how rare the deity of the Lord used to be. In Kali Yuga, what is happening? We go to Loi Bazar and then a deity of the Lord costs 500 rupees. So they buy it and not only buy it, give it, take it for a gift for my friends. I have 25 friends. It costs only five dollars. Five, yeah, 500 rupees means $10. But we have to understand that the deities of the Lord are in Satchidananda Vikra. They are not just some ordinary murti. They are the Lord Himself. And we must treat the deities with that understanding. We shouldn't consider that, oh, like there are so many, and now let us get the deities. We must understand there is a difference between murti and deity. There is a difference between uh, figure, figure and or a plaything and deity. Just consider King Indraduna was dying to find out where the deity of Nirvana was there. So he sent his Brahmanas, priests, to different directions to find out where the deity of Nilamadhan was. And eventually all of them came back except the head priest, Vidyavati. In the meantime, Vidyavati, while traveling in search of Nilamadhan in Niladri mountain, he came across, becoming very tired uh, after this extensive travel, he came across uh, a Shavara village. Shavaras are hunters. They are outcasts. <coughs> In Vedic culture, the civilized individuals are uh, Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra. Even the Sudra are, although they are in mode of ignorance, but they are considered to be coming to Varnashan, Ashram, Varnashan structure, therefore they are civilized. Anyone outside of that were considered to be uncivilized and they are outcast. They used, they didn't live in civilized area. Their place was away. And they are, because of their occupation, also, because they are hunters. 
today you should live near the forest. And <clears throat> they were untouched or outcasts outside of civilized society. But Vidapati becoming extremely tired and hungry and thirsty, uh, he came to, he found his village and he came to the village and knocked at a door and a young girl uh, came out and she was very happy to see Brahmana and a guest in the house. Generally, a Brahmana would not come to the house of a Shavara or someone who is an outcast. A Brahmana would not even go to the house of a Sutra. At the most, he can go to the house of a Vaishya or a Kshatriya. But generally, they would, uh, when they were tired and hungry, they would go to the house of another Brahmana. So, that is how strict the Vedic culture used to be in those days. But when one is tired and hungry, then all these uh, considerations <laughs> are totally disregarded. So, uh, he knocked at the door all the way to the village of Shabaras, village of the Shabaras, and then she was very happy to see the Brahmana guest. So she invited him to the house and told that her father is the leader of the Shabaras, king of the Shabaras. But he had gone out and when he come back, he soon he would come back. So he, she asked him to wait there. Then she offered him maybe some fruits and some water. So Vindavati just was waiting there. And Vishavashu, the king of the Samaras, came there and he was very happy to see a brahman against him. It's actually an un, 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 uh, inconceivable good fortune for him. So he requested, look, you are so tired, so why don't you take some rest in my house? So Vidapati, being so tired and hungry and exhausted, decided to take rest there. Agreed, accepted his invitation. And then, while he was staying there, uh, Vishwasha proposed that Vidyavati gets married to his daughter, Lalita. Now, this is also another consideration. It wouldn't happen generally. Generally, a Brahmana would not marry a girl from an Antaja caste, an outcast. Brahmana, but the thing is, in the Vedic culture, for a higher class person, man, it's all right to get married to a girl from lower status, lower status. But for a man from a lower caste cannot get married to a girl from a higher caste. Anyway, these are the Vedic culture. In Kaliju, those things are not at all applicable. They are not some caste Brahmanas may be following, who cares about that? 
So, but that was the condition those days. So, Bhitabhati accepted that proposal. And he got married to Lalita. And he started to stay there in their, in their house. And Bhitabhati used to notice that Vishavashu used to go out of the house at night and he used to come and come back in the morning. And when he would come back, he would, uh, there would be beautiful fragrance coming from his body. So, Vidyavati became curious and asked Lalita, where does your father go at night? And when he comes back, there's a beautiful fragrance. So Lalita said that my father actually goes to worship Nilavata. So Bhidhavati became very excited, of course he didn't express that. And he asked, will you please ask your father to take me to see Nilavata? So Lalita said, look, my father is very secretive about his worship. We can understand why, because the deity worship those days were conducted only by the Brahmanas. Now here is, uh, I mean first of all there was no deity, but spiritual activities were meant for the Brahmanas. Like they used to gradually elevate from all of ignorance to passion to goodness. And in goodness one used to perform spiritual activities. That is the understanding. So, but he said, please request him. I just would like to go and see. So Lalita went and asked his father, father that will you please take him to see Nilamata? Vishwamashi became very upset. Why did you tell him about Nilamata? He said that when you come, go away from home at night, and come back in the morning, he was naturally curious where he go. So he asked me. So I had to tell him about you going to. He said, I told you not to tell anybody. She said, He is my husband. I can't hide anything from him. Anyway, this is how there was a big discussion among themselves. But finally, she convinced that. <coughs> Vishwashu should take Vidyapati. Vishwashu agreed on one condition that he'll have to go blindfold. So she reported that to Vidyapati. Vidyapati said, fine. So I'll go in whichever way he wants me to go. And while he was going blindfold, before that, he asked Lalita to give him a, give him some mustard seeds. So she asked, why do you need the mustard seeds? He said, I need it for worship. <laughs> and so Vidyapati was led by, I mean, Vishwamashu was taking Vidyapati to that place, blindfolded, and Vidyapati, while going, he started to uh, drop those mustard seeds off of me. 
and then they arrived at the, at the site. Vishwasu opened his eyes and Vidyapati could see the beautiful form of Nilamadha. So who is Nilamadha? Nilamadha is blue Madha. service to his mother. 
therefore he died. So Lalita really then, naturally, she had developed her love for her husband. So she ran into the forest and started to call out to him by his name. <coughs> and uh, fortunately, Vilamata, um, Vidapati could hear. And so he responded. So Lalita came and opened him, released him from his bondage. And then Vidapati left from Avanti. So he went to Avanti and reported to the king. And immediately the king set out for Milatri Mountain to see Milamata. <coughs> and when he came with his, he came with his army and all paraphernalia and entourage. And in the meantime, do you remember he was dropping the mustard seeds? Those mustard seeds have grown into plants. And following those plants, Vidabhati could come to the spot where Vilamata was. But when they came there, they found the deities are not there. So the king thought that Vishavashi must have taken the deity and hiding him somewhere else. So he arrested those Savaran and Vishavashi and interrogated but couldn't get any information from them. And so he seized the village of the Savaras so that they could go out and as a result of that, eventually they will starve to death. So this is the plan to force them to reveal where Vishwadharma, where Nilamatha has been hidden, kept hidden. So then one day, King Indraduna got a dream and a voice told him, why are you unnecessarily torturing these sufferers? They didn't hide me. I myself have disappeared. But don't worry, I have come in the form of a transcendental log. Go to the ocean and you'll find me there. So immediately Indraduna jumped out of his bed and ran into the ocean. And he found that there was a log. And he tried to pull the log out of the water. Then he got his soldiers. They also, hundreds of them, were trying to. Then he engaged his horses and elephants and whatever strength he had. They also could not. Again, he was very frustrated. The log had appeared, the Lord had appeared in the log, but now he is not able to pull him out, pull them out of water, pull them out of the water. So then, <coughs> when he was so frustrated, one day he had a dream. And in a dream he got instruction that if Vishavashu and Vidabhati hold the 
to end of the law, they will be able to carry the law out of the water. So the king went and requested Vidyapati and Vishwasha to try that. And lo and behold, they very easily lifted the log out of the water. Now the king arranged the best carvers to carve the deity. But as they came and tried to carve, as soon as they would touch the chisel, chisel with uh, the wood, immediately their chisel and hammer broke. I mean, they couldn't even make a scratch on them. Again, the king is so frustrated, what should I do? But fortunately, one day, a very old man and introduced himself as Ananta Maharana. And he said, I am a wood carver and I will carve the deity. So she, uh, uh, King was very, uh, very surprised. He said, Look, all these uh, big, big carvers, young, strong, powerful ones, don't do anything. How many years so old? How but one condition that as long as I am carving, you know, as long as, as I'm working, I work behind a closed door in the room, and nobody should come into the room until I finish my work. And if anybody comes, then I will leave. So the king immediately said, Fine. Any condition is fine with me. So, so Anatta Maharana locked the room from inside and started to call. And from outside, the king could hear the sound of carving. So he became very relieved. <coughs> so the carving went on for days, for a few days. And then, one day, all of a sudden, the sound stopped. King waited for quite some time and he became worried. And such an old man, maybe he had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, out of acute anxiety, the king, totally disregarding and forgetting the promise, he opened the door. And when he went in, he found the three incomplete forms are standing there. And Ananta Maharana is not there. So King became so heartbroken, he decided to give up his life. The deities of the Lord were about to be completed, but now because he broke his promise that it didn't happen, therefore he decided to give up his body. Uh, in a place in a thing called Prayogovation. Just sitting at one place without taking any food or water, you just give up his body. So he sat in Prayogovation to give up his body. Three days he didn't take any food or any water, just sat there motionless, waiting to die. And then on the third day he got a dream. 
just uh, kind of some <coughs> voice instructed him. King Indraguna, don't think that this form of mind is incomplete. I am, this is my Satchidananda Vigraha, my transcendental form. In this form, I am eternally present in the spiritual sky. So you install me in this way and start my worship. So then, according to that instruction that he received in a dream, he installed Jagannath Baladev and Supadra and started to worship. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur took the cue from there that he was instructed that the Lord is present in this form in the spiritual sky, in Vaikuntha. Now where is he present in this form? And that's what he narrated in that program. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is quite short. Uh, in Dwarka, the queens how many queens Krishna had in Dwarka? Yeah, 16,108 queens. They used to see that during daytime, Krishna is always absent-minded, as if his mind is somewhere else. His body is here, but his mind is somewhere else. And they also used to see that at night in, in his dream Krishna goes to some place and he calls out to uh, his father, his mother, his friends, his cows. His... So they used to see in this way that Krishna's mind, Krishna's heart is always somewhere else. Where? In Vrindavan. So they began to wonder what is there in Vrindavan that Krishna is so attached to. They wanted to find out what is there in Vrindavan that to Krishna so much. So they requested Mother Rohini because she was the only one who was with Krishna Balaram in Vrindavan. So Mother Rohini said, okay, I will tell you when Krishna and Balaram won't be around. So one day Krishna and Balaram were away and they approached Mother Rohini and said, please tell us about Krishna's Vrindavan pastime. So they all sat together surrounding Mother Rohini. <coughs> Sumatra was kept at the door so that no one, no unwanted individual enters into that room. No trespasses. So Sumatra was there and Rohini started to narrate Krishna's wonderful activity in Vietnam. Now in the meantime, Krishna and Balaram just appeared there. Subhadra was supposed to warn them if anybody came 
<coughs> but hearing those wonderful activities of Krishna in Vrindavan, her voice got choked. She couldn't speak. She tried, but no sound came. <laughs> That's one of the ecstatic symptoms, you know, choking of the voice. So she could stop. Uh, she could warn them that Krishna Bhagavan has come there, but she tried to stop Krishna and Bhagavan from entering by stretching her arms and blocking the door. Standing there, uh, prevented by Subhadra, Krishna Bhagavan stood there listening, Mother Rohini describing their activities. Now hearing that, they develop such an intense desire to be in Vrindavan, to be with those uh, devotees of Vrindavan, that uh, due to his intense desire to be with them, Krishna's hand stretched forward with a desire to impress them. Krishna's eyes bloomed like two fully blown lotuses and his face lit up with a beautiful smile. And that is Jagannath. Now seeing Krishna and Balaram in that way, Subhadra also became affected by that. She also was induced by the same emotion and she also assumed a similar form. Only thing is, while Krishna's and Balaram's hands were stretched forward, her arms just went inside her body. Because she was feeling so guilty that she stretched her arms to stop Krishna and Balaram from entering. So, out of that feeling of intense guilt, her hands went inside her body. So, this is how Krishna, Balaram, and Subhadra appeared as Jagannath. Chaitanya Charitamrita also describes the same incident. Krishna, rather, say, the cowherd boys, uh, the residents of Vrindavan, the cowherd folks, they went to Kurukshetra on the occasion of solar eclipse. It's a custom in India, present even today, on the day of the solar eclipse, People go to the holy place of Kurukshetra to take bath in Shamantapachak, the, the, the lake there. Very auspicious. It's considered to be very auspicious to take bath on the location of the solar eclipse. So the residents of Rindavan went there. The solar eclipse was over. They took their bath. And when they were preparing to leave, they got the news that Krishna was there. Krishna also came there. As soon as they heard, they just ran to meet Krishna. They met Krishna after hundred years of separation. And those who could not even bear, those who could not even tolerate a moment's separation, that the time it takes to blink the eyes. When the eyes used to blink, 
they could see Krishna, that that separation from that fraction of a second made them so heartbroken that they they considered that what can the body Brahman create? That has eyes that blinks and we can't see Krishna. They considered that to be a defect in Brahman's designing. So those persons who couldn't even tolerate a moment's separation from Krishna, they couldn't see Krishna for hundred years. So after hundred years of separation, they made each other, they made, they made Krishna again. So <clears throat> they should have been should have been very happy. Everyone was actually very happy to see Krishna accepting Srimati Radharani. Radharani felt that this is not a Krishna My Krishna wears a yellow garment. And this Krishna, this one is wearing a royal dress. My Krishna wears a peacock feather on his head. This person is wearing a crown on his head. My Krishna wears a flower garment. He is wearing all this. Wonderfully decorated, wonderfully, wonderful ornaments, necklaces. My Krishna carries a fruit in his hand. He is carrying a weapon in his hand. I used to meet Krishna on the bank of the river Jamuna and hear so many people surrounding him. The horses are neighing, the elephants are trumpeting, and so many people are talking, and the, their arms, their arms, the weapons are clashing with each other, making sound. So Radharani was completely disappointed. And in the meantime, Krishna also seeing the residence of Vrindavan after hundred years became so excited that his face lit up with a beautiful smile. His eyes moved like two lotuses. His hands were stretched forward with the desire to embrace them. And Krishna became Jagannath. This is how Krishna once again achieved that. And the residents of Vrindavan understanding the heart of Srimati Radharani, they decided, okay, let's take so Krishna was already on his chariot, about to leave. The horses were already ready to leave. They were. <coughs> they grabbed the chariot, along with the horses, and started to go towards Vrindavan. So that is the Radhika.
Now Chaitanya Charitamrita will end it here. It went further. The news reached Dwarka that the prince has been kidnapped. <laughs> and it's a big offense. Uh, even to steal anything is offense. What to speak of stealing somebody? <laughs> And that somebody happens to be the prince. I mean, it's a very, very big offense, big criminal act. So, Rukmini Devi uh, became very upset. He said, this residence of Vrindavan, they must be taught a lesson. So she uh, took the army, went to Vrindavan, raided Vrindavan, arrested all the residents and they were brought to her for judgment. So in that in that proceedings there was need for lawyers. <laughs> the, the public prosecutor was Narad Muni <laughs> presenting the case on behalf of uh, Queen. And the defending lawyer is Lalita Devi. <laughs> and so they were having a discussion. And the point that they made, uh, Lalita Devi's defense was, we did not uh, kidnap. Krishna himself wanted to come. So there is a difference. Uh, when somebody is taken against his will and when one is assisted to fulfill his desire. So he, this is not a case of kidnapping. This is a case of assisting him to fulfill his desire. Poor guy wanted to come. <laughs> so that's what we have done. We have brought him So then, <coughs> Lalita Devi, then Rukmini Devi admitted, yes, that's true. During day, Krishna is always absent-minded, and at night, Krishna goes to Vrindava. So it's true, Krishna's heart is always to Vrindava. So this is how Resolved the arrested Brajavasi were acquitted, and then they arranged Rukmini we wanted to see the Rasadans. Said that I heard so much about the Rasadans, and then that Rasadans were enacted. So this is how. We, can, we get to understand uh, who is Jagannath, why he became Jagannath. Thank you all very much. All the glories to
Rasul's good fortune that he was worshipping Nirmadav? Any spiritual Well, the spiritual understanding is that this worship was in Raghavak. This is Raghavak. And in Raghavak, there is no consideration of the qualification of the individual. The only consideration is Now, I also want to uh, mention uh, how Jagannath appeared in Iskon. Yesterday I mentioned about it briefly. Uh, so, do you all remember uh, that uh, one devotee brought a small figure in to Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada immediately offered obeisances And they were surprised that why they just got it from a curio shop and why Prabhupada is offering to this this cute looking figure. So and then Prabhupada asked, is there any other figures like that? They said yes, there are two more. Prabhupada get them. <laughs> so and you know who got them? Got these deities? Who they are first of all? Jagannath, Balabesh, Subhadra. And who brought them to Srila Prabhupada? Thank you. 